Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to Garibaldi Red, a Nottingham Forest podcast brought to you by Nottinghamshire Live. Hello and welcome to episode 15 of Garibaldi Red, Nottingham Forest podcast from Nottinghamshire Live. And I'm pleased to say that we are previewing the biggest game of the season uh, with, well, there's certainly a lot more riding on it with both teams chasing the playoffs. Uh, it's Forest v Derby, or Derby v Forest, I should say. And we're joined by uh, Rams correspondent Steve Nicholson with some spectacular hair for those who are watching on YouTube. Welcome, Steve. Thank you. It's my, it's my Chris Waddle 1982 look. I thought mine was looking a bit. Mine was looking a bit diamond light um, when I'm aging myself there. When my wife cut my hair as well, but it's kind of grown out a bit, so it's not so bad. Uh, and then our other guest, uh, making the most eagerly anticipated debut since Michael Ricketts played for England, is Barry Cooper. Welcome, Baz. <laughs> I've written that down. Hello. I've written it down in full. I never write down anything in preparation for this, but I, that made me laugh, so I put that down. Oh, yeah, I feel I feel privileged, and I like the fact you've got dressed for the occasion as well. I brought Philip Cocky with you. Oh gosh! <laughs> right, let's start. <laughs> let's start, Baz. Um, obviously, the games are coming thick and fast, but uh, we should pay some attention to the Bristol City game because it was another big win for Forest. Uh, everyone loves a late late season one 0 and a very good goal from Thiago Silva. What did you make of it? Yeah, I think that's basically the sum total of it, wasn't it? One moment of quality in the game, and and, uh, and for Forest, Forest had that moment, and I think it was it was never going to be a great game. I think both teams were still feeling their way into into, into match fitness after after the restart. And from Forest's point of view, it's just about winning games. I think there was a degree of pressure on them coming into the game anyway because of other results. Um, the teams below them certainly are before one obviously on a great run, and so it's important for Forest to to, to put that. Give themselves that breathing space, and they just they just discipline, aren't they? They're very very difficult to beat. They're very very tough to play against, and they don't need a lot of chances, as we've seen in the third line games before yesterday. So it was a brilliant piece of piece of well piece of skill from Thiago Silva, and um, very very much needed. But he never really felt they were in any danger. I've been critical of Silva's dead ball deliveries, but that was a, a good free kick. It was probably the best free kick of the night. Do you think from anywhere in the championship? Well, I, I watched all the goals from the championship, and I could only remember one decent free kick, and that was definitely Thiago Silva's. Um, so, yeah, I think I think I think Sky Sports would, would 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 agree with that based on their coverage today as well. I think I think you need to look at the clips again. Hello, <laughs> 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 Steve. What's going on with Derby, Steve? There must be more to it than putting a very good pensioner in midfield. What's What's been the secret of their success recently? <laughs> Are you talking about me or somebody else? <laughs> uh, uh, listen, I, I, basically, you've just mentioned it. A huge part of, of Derby County's improvement is Wayne Rooney. It's inescapable. I've tried to look at other 
issues and, 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 and aspects of it, but you keep coming back to the influence he's had and, and, and the stats speak for themselves, his performances speak for themselves, his influence on and off the pitch speaks for itself. I speak to players and I speak to people at the club right from top to bottom and they'll tell you the same thing. He's had an absolutely immense impact and uh, he's such a key, key player at the moment. Add to that, of course, Philip Koku, we mustn't forget, who's done an incredible job in difficult circumstances. You know, many, many managers may well have walked away from this at certain times this season because they've had some, he's had some real testing issues on and off the pitch. Uh, and he's handled things brilliantly, absolutely brilliantly. And now, of course, we're at exactly the same points, Tally, as we were last season under Frank Lampard at this stage. So I think the combination of Koku and Rooney... Uh, is perfect at the moment. What role is Rooney really playing? Is he? I mean, I've only seen him a couple of times. He's playing as more of a holding midfielder, or is he playing as a ten? What, what's his role? No, no, no. He's he's playing as the quarterback. Just to show my limited knowledge of American football, um, he's basically a holding midfielder. He's playing in there alongside Max Bird. Uh, basically, when they arrived, and I just spoke to Philip Cocker about this today. When Rooney arrived, they saw him as a striker or a number 10. And he agreed. And that was the that was the thinking behind it. But as one or two games went by, it was soon evident that the more Rooney was on the ball, the better Derby played. And to be on the ball a lot, the holding midfield position where the, where the, where the ball goes through you, he's so comfortable in possession, he sees the pass, he sees pitches, he makes angles like no other player, he can pass short and long. He's now the quarterback of Derby County, and uh, that's a massive influence on on the way Derby play, and of course on the way his teammates play. I'm worried Derby are going to make the playoffs. I'm pretty confident they are now. What's your thoughts on how they go in Baz? Do you think it's going to be Forest v Derby in the playoff semi-finals or final? Um, oh, crikey! That'd be that'd be fitting, wouldn't it? Forest versus Derby at, Wem- at Wembley behind closed doors. I think you've got. I think you have to pay tribute to Koku actually, because as Steve alluded to, and we spoke about this before the, the league game back in November. But mm. he's had a terrifically difficult opening period at, at the club with with the scenario, and, and through no fault of his own, I should add as well. The, the, the scenario, the, the driving, the, the drink drive scenario. Obviously, that was well documented. You've had the whole Keogh situation. There's the talk of the, the Pride Park Stadium that's still not been solved yet. Even just this week, we've had, you know, the, the, the terrible, terrible incident involving Andre Wisdom, and which uh, should point out, it's great to see him make, appearing to make a full recovery. But he, I think he's done terrifically well, and you've got to give them credit because historically, this is the time of the season where they've always capitulated. You know, this was the time last year where Gary Rower lost his lost his um, lost his mind in the media and was blaming everybody and anyone for for Derby's. Derby's form, but Cocky seems to have steadied it. As Steve said, you know, Rooney's clearly been exceptional, not just in his involvement, his influence per se, but the likes of Sibley, Dwayne Holmes, other young players that have, that have stepped up and are, are clearly relishing being part of um, Cocky's Derby and working alongside Rooney. So I think you have to give him a lot of credit. And I'll tell you what, you know, their home record is decent, isn't it? And it has been, it has been for years and years and years. It's that this year it's been their away record that's let them down. They've sorted that out now. But nobody's going to be fancying playing Derby in the playoffs if they get there at all. But there, when you the caveat I would say, Steve, is that you look at the fixtures to come: West Brom, Brentford, Cardiff, Leeds before Birmingham on the final day. Wow, 
good luck with them ones. And vice versa yeah. for the teams just thinking, you know, that could that, that'll sort the men from the boys, so to speak. Well, that, that 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 was always the interesting aspect of the running that Derby could have a huge say not only on their own uh, chances but also on the chances of other teams as well. And at the moment, you know, make no mistake, I don't think anyone will want to face in Derby at the moment. You know, and, and so the daunting fixture list actually flips the other way for me. It actually becomes daunting also for the for their opponents. And I certainly felt that when we were at Preston last night and when we went to Millwall after the restart. I think the pressure's on other teams. I don't think the pressure's on Derby at all. I don't think anyone really expected this in, in October, November. Uh, so, whereas always pressure on them previously, can they be in the top six? Can they be promoted? I think this time, there's no pressure on them at all. The pressure was on Millwall when we went there. You could sense it. The pressure was certainly on Preston last night because they've had a bad run and they needed a win and they didn't get it. And, and I just feel going into these games, as you say, against Forest and West Brom and, and Brentford, etc. I just feel like, you know, Derby can go in there thinking, you know what, we're in great shape and uh, let's just give it a go. And that's what they're doing. What impact has all the off the field stuff had, had Nico? Because on top of what Baz says, you've had the on again, off again investment uh, deal. I mean, this must have been one of the, the madder seasons you've had covering the Rams. How, how much of an impact has it had? Well, it's always been there in the background, and, and, and that's obvious. Um, there's been so many stories off the field this season. We've still got the EFL charge hanging over Derby, and you know that's got to be sorted soon, you would imagine, because otherwise it could get extremely messy. Uh, it, what they've done, and what, what's been quite cute for me, is even though it's in the background and it's on the mind of some fans and it's always there, they've actually kind of parked it and said, look, the EFL hearing will happen when it happens. It's down to an independent commission, not when, you know, Derby don't decide when it happens. So there's nothing they can do about that. So just get on with the job in hand. So just put it to one side, get on with playing the games, get on with getting as many points as possible. And, and that's exactly what they've done. As I say, I think you know, we both alluded to already that, that I think Philip Cocu's role in all this, kind of batting off, not, you know, he answers a lot of questions, but, but in theory, He's, he's done really well in handling this, these issues off the pitch. And I think he's kind of kept them away from the development of the team. And, and, and we've seen the development of the team as the season's gone on. And he's done really a great job in keeping the off-the-field issues away from that. Do you think there's anyone Forrest... Um, will, uh, actually, do you think there's anyone Derby will be scared of, Nico, in terms of, is it grab and score that goal against them? Is he the man that will trouble them the most? Is it Silver? How do they view Forrest, do you think? Well, when we when we lost at, uh, at the City Ground the other season, myself and Baz did a video afterwards. Baz wore a yellow coat, if I remember, which was, uh, which was, quite, striking, <laughs> which was quite striking at the time. <laughs> Uh, but we, we, we did the video and actually those those two names were mentioned. I think Thiago Silva had a, had a, a particularly good game that day and he obviously is influential. But but when you've got someone like Graben, and I watched the game uh, the other day against Huddersfield and although I wasn't overly impressed, what I will say is this guy, if you give him a chance, normally he puts it away. And that game at the city ground, it was a mistake by Derby, but I tell you what, he punished it. It was a very, very good finish. So with somebody like that in the opposition side, you've got to be wary of all the time. I, but having said that, I honestly 
believe what we're seeing from Derby. The reason why we've seen this resurgence in form, I, I was always confident after the restart, given that matches were going to be played behind closed doors, I thought it would suit Derby. And the reason why I thought it would suit Derby is they've got a lot of very good technical players. Mm-hmm. And I think it suits the technical player. And so when we went to Millwall, I, I could say I, I always felt there was a chance of winning there. I did again last night. Because when you've got people like Rooney and Max Bird in there and Sibley, who's very technical, and, and you've got Jason Knight, who's doing a great job as well. You know, Chris Martin is, is a technical footballer as far as, you know, he's not a runner, as we know, but he's very cute and he's very clever at what he does. I think it suits Derby. I really do. So I, at the moment, I'm not particularly concerned. You know, people say, oh, West Brom, I watched them the other day at Brentford. You know, I know they had a good win against Sheffield Wednesday, but... I'm not sure there's a team in this division when you're in the top six or very close to it that you should be in fear of, certainly. You should respect them, of course, and but they will certainly respect Derby also. Can I just jump in there? I'm going to pick up on a point that Nico just mentioned about how playing behind closed doors might be helping Derby. I think that's helping Derby, certainly at the city ground, because you know what it's like. You've been there enough times, like I have, to know what the city ground can be like. It can be a pressure cooker of atmosphere. It can work in your favour, but equally, Forest at home, the way they set up is very much like they set up away from home. And that doesn't always go down well with 28, 29,000 people that want the, the team to come out, the home team to come out and be on the front foot from the get-go and attack the opposition. That's not Forest style under Lamucci. And there's, because last night, I think, given how poor Forest were in the first half, I, I, there would have been... I dare say one or two dissenting voices at half time of not just out of frustration more than anything else that Forest weren't at it. Forest weren't going for Bristol City and were, were sitting back and were playing relatively poorly. But there wasn't anything like that. So they were able to come out as second half and, and, and step it up themselves. And so it, it's fascinating to see Forest have got three games technically with, well, in, the, in the regular season, three more games at home, potentially a playoff semi final. And I just wonder if. I don't like saying it because it sounds a, crit- a criticism of the supporters and it's not, me- it's not meant in that way. But maybe just not having that expectation, that pressure at home can also work in their favour. What impact do we think uh, this game being behind closed doors will be? Obviously, Derby have the home advantage, but the, in terms of that crowd noise that we talk about, that's gone. What impact will that have? Well, what's been interesting, the three games we've had so far, Millwall away and Preston away and, and, and Reading at home, I would say that Derby's, the, the worst of the three performances came in the home game, strangely enough. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't think, I, as I say, I think when you've got technical players, I, I really don't think it shouldn't really matter. And, 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 and Baz is right, what, what normally happens in matches when, when maybe you haven't scored early on or you've fallen behind... The, the natural reaction of supporters is to drive the team forward quicker than maybe they should be should be trying to do, or, or you know, we've fallen behind after twenty minutes. We've got to equalise within two minutes, you know. And, and this kind of pressure, as, as, as Baz said, and that's not there at the moment. And I think you can notice that with some of the players, you know, I, there's not this kind mm-hmm. of uptight feeling where hey, if I give this pass away, if I, make, if I have, have a dig at goal and it flies over the bar 30, 40 yards. That pressure isn't there at the moment. And, and, and I just sense with Derby, certainly with the players, it, it, it is suiting them. And I, I always felt that they, I just felt they would start 
kind of restart the season very, very well. I always, I always fancied that they would cut the gap between themselves and the top six. What, what needed to happen was that a number of other teams needed to stumble immediately, and that's what's happened. Mm-hmm. You know, Preston have, have hit the buffers as such. Bristol City has struggled. Uh, Millwall has struggled. So suddenly, the, the five or six teams between Derby and the top six suddenly have disappeared almost. You know, Derby have gone above them and now now they've got Cardiff in their sights. And Cardiff, you know, they again, they were held at home uh, the other night by Charlton. So they're all feeling it a little bit. Everyone's getting a bit twitchy and a bit jittery. And uh, it's just interesting to watch Derby, who normally get jittery at this stage of the season, just interesting watching them actually blossom this stage of the season rather, rather than getting nervous. Mm. Will it be a typical game with tackles flying in? I mean, obviously, there's no atmosphere. Does that change the way teams go about it, do we think? I, I, I think it does. Mm. I think it does. Uh, I, think, I think, listen, it'll be competitive and, and there'll be an edge. and There's a lot at stake, obviously. Uh, Forest will know that, that if they win the game, they the virtually secure the place in, in, in the top six, I would imagine. Mm. Uh, Derby will know also that if they can win the game, anything's possible. After that, so there will be that edge to it, of course. There will be that passion to it, but you can't replicate thirty thousand people screaming and shouting as you walk out the tunnel and as as the whistle blows. You just can't replicate that, and and, and I don't expect to see that type of thing. I, I say it will be competitive, but it will be nothing like we we normally see at uh, Pride Park and the City Ground, where for ten minutes, you know everything happens and then suddenly you can throw the football on and we can start playing. Yeah. You see it the same way, Baz? I don't know. It's difficult to tell, isn't it? I think certainly being behind closed doors would favour Forest at Pride Park. You haven't got that further, that, that big atmosphere. You know, they've got a record Forest of conceding early on at Pride Park and giving themselves a, a, heck of a, a heck of a job to do. So it's, it's a difficult one. I think the fact that they're from home works for them again. They're not, you know, no one wants to play Forest at home because they just sit back and they do... They spring on the counter attack and invariably will we'll punish that. And you look at their results away from home at teams in and around them in the in the division this year. It's been brilliant. You know, they, they won at um, they won at Cardiff. They've they won at Fulham. They drew at West Brom. So they they've won at Brentford. Of course, they've got very very good form at teams in and around them. So you haven't got the, as we say, you haven't got the, the the raucous atmosphere that you would normally get from a derby. But then, I saw I saw somebody in the week saying oh, there's, there's less play acting from players and there's less histrionics and that players aren't getting caught up in in things. And you see what Ashley Williams did last night at, at, at Forest, you know, hitting Euro, poor Yuri Ribeiro for absolutely no reason. So clearly the pressure is there because these players have there's so much riding on these games now. Although it doesn't feel like it, in the, in fact, there's no crowd. We're playing in the summer, all that type of thing. There's still so much riding on on these fixtures and, and uh, 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 potentially the Premier League. So I still think there'll be there'll be challenges. And you're not telling me that a team with Wayne Rooney in isn't going to you know isn't is not going to stick up for itself. And you're still probably target him as well. Has anyone been able to stop Rooney, Nico? In terms of if you stop Rooney, you stop Derby, or has he been too good to be taken out of a game? Uh, not, not many teams have, and this, this, this for me is is the fascinating tactical aspect of, of uh, Saturday's game. Uh, Wayne Rooney controls Derby's football. He's the orchestrator. He, 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 as I said before, he's a quarterback. Uh, what do you do with him as the opposition manager? 
Uh, do you go and step, put somebody on him and, and try and stop him playing? Uh, and then you've got the, the issue then with uh, Louis Sibley, who's now the 10. He's another one who, who you have to be careful of and have to watch. Millwall didn't do that very well. Derby beat them. I didn't think... Preston did it to an extent on Sibley. They got very tight to him, but they couldn't get close enough to, to Rooney. It's very difficult to stop both for me, to, to stop Rooney Bird in midfield controlling the football and then obviously keep an eye on, on Sibley uh, up for, as, in the 10 role. That's very difficult to do both. Uh, full credit to Reading manager uh, Mark Bowen. He, I thought tactically he did really well against Derby. He put somebody on Sibley, man marked him, and they also restricted the amount of time and space that Rooney and Max Bird had with the ball. And it worked. Reading, for me, deserved something out of that game. You know, very unfortunate to lose. So Mark Bowen got his tactics right. It's going to be fascinating to see what the Forest boss does with, with, with Wayne Rooney. Because if you don't, then he will control the game, as he did in the first half at Preston last night, as he did at Millwall. As we've seen him do against Stoke, he went to Crystal Palace in the Cup and bossed it there as well. Uh, he, he, is, he is that good. So it's mm. going to be fascinating to me to see what happens. Normally, in a normal Derby match between Derby and Forest, you would imagine someone as good as him would have pretty close attention from the word go. Yeah. Uh, so it's going to be interesting. Yeah, well, it's, it's going to be interesting to see who... I mean, we've seen it in the past, haven't we? The battles we've had in the past. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be fascinating to see who how, how Forest deal with Wayne Rooney. I play Samba Sau and tell him to smash him in the first minute <laughs> and then see what happens. <laughs> Is that what Moosey did on there, Robbie Savage, all those years ago? Yeah, yeah that's right. Yes. Is, is that a fair shout, though, Baz? To help play, play Samba Sow and tell him to sit, you know, sit on Wayne Rooney or someone like that? Or play yeah. Silver and tell him to get about Rooney? Uh, I'd be reluctant to, to, to have Silver there. I think I think Forrest lose quite a lot and Silver is playing deeper. I think from a team perspective and also an individual perspective, I don't think Silver affects the game anything like what he can when he's playing further up the pitch. I think, yeah, you've, it, it's whether it's, it's whether you get, he sticks with Ryan Yates, whether Yates is available first and foremost after getting absolutely clattered by uh, Andres Vime and your old mate Steve, who should have been sent off last oh. night for that. That, was, that, was, that, that might TBA, be the first time. I didn't see him make that many tackles at Derby. <laughs> it's more like a soul. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so whether, whether Yates is available on, on Saturday remains to be seen, but it, it would be harsh on him because he's tenacious he, he's quick. He, he, you know, he's box to box. Do you stick him on, on Rooney? But coming back to something that, that Nico mentioned earlier on about Rooney and, and the, the role he plays. Again, Matt, you'll know this, but Forest, Forest are quite happy to afford the opposition the ball in their own half. It's when they get when when the team start to, to press through the thirds that then Forest look to, to close down and, and win the tackle. So, are they going to do what they usually do and allow? the teams to have the ball, you know, just inside the, the, the opposition half before they get into Forest half and, and allow Rooney to, to pull the strings up, if, if you like. Or will they operate somebody like a Yates or a, a Samba Sow? He's the obvious one to come in, isn't he? Uh, and really pay close attention to Rooney. But you've also got to be careful not to... Derby've got, Derby've got good players, but it's not all about... You know, you can't focus too much on the opposition. Lamucci has... A very, very good side. He's got, he's got a game plan. His players are well drilled. They know they've, they've been to Fulham. They've been to, to Cardiff. They've uh, been to Brentford. 
Leeds, West Brom, not lost. You know, they they know what they know their jobs in these situations when they're going away from home. They, they, okay, they probably have to come up against some of the quality of way we go. I'll accept that, but the, the principle will remain the same. The jobs will remain the same. I don't. I, I don't. I hope they don't pay too much attention to him because if they do, then as, as Steve's already pointed out, you've got the likes of of Bird and Sibley and one or two others that that, that, that can cause you damage as well. Yeah, I don't think you can sit off him. I think you've got to get about him and don't let him dictate the game. He's nailing, stick him in the stands, get him up, get off the pitch, and then the game's won, isn't it? (laughs) 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 Did Derby have to make any changes, Nico? I'll ask Baz the same in a minute, but games are coming thick and fast. Does each team have to make, uh, uh, you know, shuffle it up a bit and freshen it up or not? Uh, I asked Philip Koku that. Question and uh, about rotation. This is the third game in eight days. Uh, we've still got to remember that this is a restart to the season after a three-month break. You know, if this was early, if this was August, for example, to start of the season, you would be talking about three games in eight days. Do you need to freshen it up? It's early in the season, so that's what we're talking about. So it's a very similar situation. Uh, Derby made four changes last night. You know, they beat Reading, but they still made four changes to go to Preston. Uh, so he, he's not afraid to make those changes. I think he's got the options to do that if he wants to. The key, the key players will still be in there, obviously. Uh, so he, he can do that if he wants to, or he can just stick with with, with a winning team. Uh, it, it's interesting for for me, given it's the third game in eight days, and you know we played like Wednesday night and it's Saturday. I'm wondering whether maybe couple of changes here and there just to freshen it again, kind of maybe reverse the changes he made at Preston. But as I say, the key players, the Rooneys, the Sibleys, the Max Bird, uh, the Waghorns, these guys, uh, Clark at the back, uh, etc. these guys will still be in there anyway. So if there are any changes, it'll, it'll only be maybe two, two or three. What about Forest bars? I mean, we've seen when Forest make a lot of changes, they tend to lose, basically, and they, they can't really afford to change the back four. So do you think it's a case of go with the best team you can, get that win that Nico talked about, kind of almost to make that playoff place, and then see what happens coming out of the match? Right, you're spot on. I think we've, we've seen that already at points this season when invariably he's made changes. It's not gone well, and the players that are coming in, aren't either good enough or haven't stepped up to it. I think Sal will start, as I said before, that's half probably on Yatesy because I think he's been brilliant since the since the restart. But in a game like this, Sal, he's your best midfielder in that sense. He's, he, he makes such a difference. He's played 20 times this year. I think Forrest have lost once or twice with him in the team. So that's a big thing. I, I look at the fixtures and, you know, Nico said the same from a, from a Derby point of view. They're coming thick and fast. But, for me, the next three for Forest are huge. You've got obviously Derby, the next four, I guess, if you include Derby. You've got Derby, Fulham, Preston, Swansea, and I wouldn't be at all surprised if if Flamucci went how for leather in the next four games against those teams' plays with a view to playing Barnsley and Stoke on the last two. But that playoff place is assured, and he can maybe rotate. You can give, he can maybe give John Bostock some time. You can give um, Alex Martin a bit more time. Get Nuno Nuno de Costa because he needs a. I mean. We've talked about it all season, but they're so reliant on grabbing 19 goals already in the championship. You know, he's on the verge of of being the first Forest striker to score 20 since David Johnson back in the early 2000s. So his his importance is 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 well documented to this team. But they need somebody 
to they need somebody in in the, in the background, whether it's a Tyler Walker, whether it's a Costa, a Martin, to be able to come in and be confident. So I think for the next four games he goes hell for leather, doesn't change a lot, keeps it keeps the, the, the winning formula with a view to as I say, maybe maybe making one or two changes in the last couple of games, but it's, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Let's finish up with score predictions so everyone can brag about it if they get it right after. Nico, you're the guest of honour. What, what's your prediction for the final score? Uh, well, listen, uh, the, safe, the safe bet's got to be a draw, hasn't it? That'll oh, be he's, safe not bet. he's not winning it. Yeah, the safe bet. But what I'm going to do to save uh, myself getting stick from bars about sitting on the fence, what I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to... I think Dar- I, I'm going to go for a derby win. I'm going to go for a derby win. I think it's going to be... Listen, all the games so far have been close, haven't they? You know, one goal wins, one nil at Preston, two one against Reading, three two against Millwall. So they've all been close. And I think most of the games have been close, as you would expect. Again, you're kind of in this early season mode, if you like, following the restart. So that's not a surprise. I'm going to go for a derby win. Forest have beaten derby twice already this season. My dad used to tell me it's very rare that a team beats another team three times in, in a regular season. So uh, I'm going to go for a derby win. I'm going to go for a narrow 2-1, I think. Are you going to, are Forrest going to prove Nicholson Senior wrong, Baz, and <laughs> Forrest going to win? Or, or is Nico right? <laughs> no, he's not, he's not going to be right, is he? Of course Forrest are going to win. It favours, we've seen results across Europe, teams playing away from home, it favours. So I think Forrest will be that. They'll be up for it. They'll be buoyed after, after the weekend and they'll, they'll, I'm going to go for a 2-1, though. And I, I did think that before his lordship came up can't with that. Believe, five can't believe you've, I can't believe you've gone 2-1. <laughs> uh, well, I'll, I'll give my prediction then. And to balance out, I think it'll be a draw. I think, oh. I think they'll probably... Oh, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they cancelled each other out because Forrest are set up to contain teams. Derby are set up to play, from what Nico says, through one or two players through midfield. I think if Forrest can shut down the midfield, then it'll be a tight game. Uh, I'll go for a 1-1, I reckon. Well, thanks very much for joining us, fellas. I very much enjoyed it. Cheers, mate. Anytime. Good stuff. And uh, Baz has disappeared because his Wi-Fi connection has been terrible <laughs> all the way through this podcast, which hopefully producer Dan will clear up. So um, thanks very much for joining us. Do like and subscribe on Apple iTunes or YouTube. Uh, Spotify, Acast and all those other platforms for podcasts and we'll be back early next week to review what we hope is a Forest win. Thanks very much everyone. Thank you for listening to Garibaldi Red, a Nottingham Forest podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode then please let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 